Welcome to the Freedom Air, the modern entrepreneur's guide to wealth and freedom. Determined to expose the secret hacks you need to achieve financial abundance while enjoying your ideal lifestyle. Real estate mogul and serial entrepreneur Justin Wilmot has flipped over 400 houses and profited millions. He is now on a mission to help you, aspiring investors, seasoned investors, and entrepreneurs. Learn how you can start living your retired life now, not when you're too old to enjoy it. Here is your host, Justin Wilmot. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Freedom Air Show where you can escape the nine to five, live the life of your dreams when specialized knowledge meets massive action. Our goal is to introduce you to the guests that will lead and inspire you to take the next step and break through those mental barriers and just start living an epic life. We have an extremely special guest today who needs really no introduction, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. He's a successful serial entrepreneur, a real estate investor, a fellow educator who has climbed his way to the top, the apex of our industry. He's flipped well over a thousand properties in nearly every niche. He's been featured in hit TV shows such as The Million Dollar Listing. He's a symbol of what is possible in the real estate investing and education business, built an eight-figure education company. It's helping people change their lives through his unique strategies over at the Clever Investor Headquarters. It is my great honor to have him on the show. With no further ado, Mr. Cody Sperber. Boom. That was an epic introduction. Thank you very much for all those kind words. Excited to be here and, uh, you know, share a little bit about the journey, the struggle, the triumphs, and maybe even drop some nuggets. What did you call them? What did you call them right before? Freedom nuggets. <laughs> we need some freedom. We need some freedom nuggets on this one. Freedom nuggets up in here. Yeah, man. So we were talking before we jumped on the recording, and um, he says, "Hey, I like the surfboard behind you." And I said, "That's what I'm all about." And as you guys know, my story. I got in real estate so I can travel and surf. I said, "I like that money bill behind you." He said, "That's what I love." <laughs> so, guys, I just want to real quick let you know that the man that you're about to listen to right now, he is literally at the apex of our space. I mean. Um, personally, I, you know, I admire everything that this man has accomplished. Um, and I'm just absolutely honored to have him on the show. So you guys are going to learn some awesome stuff today. Cool. 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 So dude, the first time I met was in Tampa, right? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it, this is a small industry and it's filled with a lot of really great people. And I had the opportunity to hang out with you and I, I like your vibe. I like your style. I think what you stand for is super cool. And so Awesome. You know, being on here really is my privilege and honor, to be honest with you. Dude, man, I appreciate that, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you, dude. So, all right. So we won't go too back into what it like the story of how you got here, because we've kind of heard that story before. Right. Um, but I do got to ask you this. Right. We'll sort of skip the back of the back. But do you believe real estate investors or more specifically, are real estate entrepreneurs, um, are they born or can they be created? Mm. You know, I definitely think they can be created, but the core ingredients of an entrepreneur is typically inside of somebody or not, you know, for, you know, it's like two sides of a coin. Mm -hmm. You know, I had certain attributes that made becoming an entrepreneur very easy for me. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for instance, as a kid, I was either completely obsessed with things or I neglected them. Mm. I find like a lot of entrepreneurs have that attribute yeah. where it's like, if I'm into it, yeah. I'm into it. Like, like take school, not into it. Right. I'm very good in school, but all, but I'm a, I am a huge fan of self-education and uh, the things that I love, I'll devour books. I'll devour videos nowadays, podcasts. And I don't, I, I mean that I could spend 24 hours a day going down that rabbit hole and love every second of it. Yeah. You put me in a in structured environment where it's like, we're going to take a geometry test and I lose my mind. And so I had some of that. I was very hyperactive as a kid. And um, uh, we also didn't have a lot of money. And so uh, I was always coming up with like real creative hustles to like get things that I wanted. So I would mm. sell candy, ah. that kind of stuff through, through necessity. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and um, for anybody that doesn't know who I am yet, uh, I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, and as a kid, I probably moved maybe like 
20, 15 to 20 times by the time I was 15 years old. So I'm constantly found myself in this environment where I was really little. I looked very young. I, you know, my son's going to deal with some of the same stuff I deal dealt with. Yeah. Um, I, I had a very sharp wit mm-hmm. and a really smart mouth and I was really little. So I was the perfect person to bully. I found it very, uh, difficult to, I found it, I created a ability to make friends very easily because I was constantly put in this environment where I had a new school, new friends, and I had to survive. But mm. I also struggled with keeping my friends because I was a smart ass. Yeah. And so like a lot of this actually ended up serving me later on because when you're getting beat up or bullied or pushed around or sidelined, or you're kind of the underdog, you develop some skills along the way to survive mm. that actually help you in business. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so I had certain key qualities. When it comes to the technical of real estate, I feel like anybody who wants it bad enough can figure out the technical. And to be honest with you, I know some people that are really not very smart. Like to be a nice way of saying it is they're kind of dumbasses, but they go off and become real estate millionaires, and they find this one thing, and they're very repetitive, and they're very structured, and they just do it over a long period of time, and they come out the other end as real estate millionaires. Uh, so I don't think you have to be the smartest. I don't think you have to be great at sales. I don't think it cares about what your gender is, your skin color, where you live. That, that doesn't matter because the technical stuff can be taught to you. But right. I think you do need two things, Let's right? What is it? These two things, and I had them, and almost every successful person has them. Mm-hmm. I was, number one, I was authentic. Mm. Even when I didn't know what the heck I was doing, I people felt my authentic side of wanting to help or wanting to learn or wanting to serve or wanting to be involved. And you can't fake being authentic. You're either a slimy type of feeling person where people's radars and their walls go up or they buy in. Right. And like you, you, you got this vibe. You don't even have to talk. It kind of leads in front of you. It's part of your energy. It's your authentic true self. And that's because you are in alignment with who you are and you're living your life. Yeah. And so I had that. I was very authentic. And so my first big deal, they did the deal with me, not mm-hmm. because I was a smooth talker or good at sales or even I had no money. I had, you know, a piece of crap Nissan pickup truck. <laughs> no reason to do a deal with me. Yeah. But they did a deal with me because I was super authentic and I listened really well to the person. Yeah. And it happened to be a div- person going through a divorce and a bankruptcy. And so there was a lot of turmoil going on in this person's life. And I was one of the first investors, even mm-hmm. though I was brand new, to show right. up right. and just vibe out with the guy and listen and ask questions. And we connected and we built rapport. And he gave me the opportunity when he told a lot of other people no. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I think you need is I think you need to be enthusiastic. Enthusiastic. People will get behind people yeah. when... Yeah. You know, especially nowadays where there's like a lot of like boring average adults right. floating around the world. Yeah. And then also you see this one person like pop up over the crowd that's super enthusiastic about something and everybody kind of looks and goes, oh, that person's weird. That person, oh, that person's kind of cool. What the heck are they doing? Like they transition from like, that's like kind of hating a little bit to like, huh, this is like a thing. Like this person's really into this thing. Isn't that weird? And I... I know. And I was, I was an authentic and enthusiastic and it carried me a, a long way in this business and got me up through that learning curve and through that painful period where you don't have a lot of credibility or resources or connections. Dude, uh, That's my answer to that. Dude. Amazing. Like, and that was a freedom nugget. Okay. A freedom nugget was authenticity. So when you said like the first seller that did the deal with you, when you were saying that Cody and you said they're going through a lot of turmoil, I'm, I'm like envisioning the seller. They probably saw you, meaning they felt like it was you, like they felt like they knew you, right? Yeah, like, yeah. wait a minute, I actually know this person and therefore there's, um, well, I always say like people do business with people who know like and trust, right? Like and trust. So like maybe that authenticity right there. So that's a freedom nugget is like, stop trying to do other people, stop trying to be other people. And, and, and like looking at guys that are out there saying, hey, here's, here's how some strategies, but that you're trying to imitate them. Because now you're just coming off as unauthentic and people don't trust you. And realize this, Justin, for anybody listening, realize this, that you are already enough. You might mm-hmm. not have everything modeled out. You might not have all the perfect pieces or the perfect strategy or the perfect, you know, scenarios. Mm-hmm. But 
um, you are already enough to show up and be yourself and be a servant and help people and be creative. The reason I called my company Clever Investor is because I had to get pretty dang creative and clever mm -hmm. with overcoming all these hurdles that were in my way and in motivated sellers way and cash buyers way. And uh, I think that's really the essence of what we do as creative real estate investors is get creative and um, realize that you can do this. You're already at the right place at the right time doing the right thing. It'll fall into place if you just stay consistent at it. Stay consistent at it. So yeah. guys, like I, I totally agree with you, Cody, like, like listeners, like, I mean, enthusiasm and being authentic, like you can't, th those are things that you just can't fake. Like you, like that has to be obviously authenticity by definition is being realistic. Right. But I mean, that's, that's some good, good stuff. But what you just said, Cody, um, leads me definitely into the, probably the biggest question I had for you before we jumped on this, uh, this call. And I was, you know, just excited to, to talk to you. But watching you through your journey, I probably saw some of your earliest stuff that you've done, maybe when Clever Investor was in its, in its infamacy, maybe. Um, but dude, I'm curious, at what point did you just say, I'm going to go big? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to go big. I'm going to do this. And just started playing big instead of playing in one level you went to another level next thing you know you're doing amazing things your company's growing you're meeting amazing people you're heading up amazing things you're on you're, you're jumping on tv shows a lot of great stuff big moves where where, I, where a lot of people that are watching would say man he just like did he just lose fear what did he do so at what point did was there like a series of things that have happened in life or was it a decision how did that happen yeah and <laughs> Uh, I wish I could take all the credit for a lot of our power moves and awesome things that we've done. And I think as an entrepreneur, I am, I do have a special skill that I've honed in and developed over time. And that's, uh, you know, we as entrepreneurs need to know what we do and how we do it and why we do it. Right. Mm -hmm. But I take it a step further and I, am, I got really good at explaining to other people what's in it for them if they do it alongside with me. Mm. So it's like taking my big vision and mm -hmm. your big vision and saying, look, two people with awesome visions can get in alignment and work together in a common you know, thing and allow both of our lives and visions to thrive. And the what's in it for me is left out from a lot of entrepreneurs because there's so much uncertainty and we don't know what's gonna happen next. So it's hard to explain to somebody else that can help you build mm. your vision what's in it for them clearly to get mm. them excited. Mm. And so mm. for me, I'm great because great people locked arms with me. You know, I'm great because I built a great team of awesome entrepreneurs or what we would call intrapreneurs, right? People that were part of a team, but they still had that energy of an entrepreneur, but they really liked being part of something, not on their own or not a, a solo person. Yeah. And so I was really good at identifying talent and then really going deep with that person and getting to know them and their why and their vision and their family and their, the things that move them and the things that scared the shit out of them and just really understanding people and then pulling it together to where it's like, look, this is how we're going to get in alignment because alignment equals velocity. And that's how you go to that next level of life. And the truth of the matter is I took myself as far as I could take myself. It's, you know, every time I leveled up to the next level, it was always through relationships and leveraging other people and having mentorship or, you know, powerful business relationships where I would show up or my team and I would show up and we would serve and we would just add as much value as possible to that relationship mm -hmm. and expect nothing in return except for just value, 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 value. And by naturally adding that much value people were like okay this, this team or this person's authentic they got lots of enthusiasm they're here to serve and help how can i give back and it was just i didn't even have to ask people naturally started giving back mm -hmm. and what i realized is every next level is really like unlocking a set of principles and that's all business is is a series of principles and these principles, in order to unlock the next one, it's normally a person or a relationship that's already gone through all the shit and has figured it out and wow. came out the other end. And so for me, my first layer was like, okay, how do I just get to my first six figures in life, right? Like that six figure mark is a huge mark for an entrepreneur because 
there's so many things you got to learn and put into place in the processes and the foundation and the systems and the relationships and all those seeds. But then to go from six figures to half a million a year, and then from half a million to a million, then a million to five million, then five million to 10, then to 15, then to 20. And I've been at all these stages. Man. Every single one of them was just mastering a new set of principles mm. and mm. unlocking that next level. And what happens is as an entrepreneur is inside this set of principles that I've already mastered, I'm the bomb, right? I'm maneuvering quickly. I make decisions. I'm normally not wrong. I've gotten good. And that's why I make this money in here. But the second I start going above that, mm -hmm. now I'm making mistakes again. And it, I start to feel like that, those self-limiting beliefs and the unsured little kid that was bullied starts coming back out. And I start getting that tingle on my arms and I'm like, oh my God, am I, am I worthy of this? Am I meant to be here? Am I making the right choices? Am I going to screw stuff up? And I'm going up and down and up and down. Well, when you're just feeling that, and if you're watch, watching or listening to this right now, if you're in that stage, you're exactly where you need to be to get to that next level because that's when you know you're playing big. Mm. That's when you know you're about to level up. Dude. And that's it, man. And it's just constantly putting myself in that situation where it's like, okay, I'm too comfortable. I'm making the money. I'm, I got the systems. I got the relationships. What's next? Mm. And that drive and that hunger to constantly level up was always there with me and my team. And I think it was because I had a great team that mm. I always felt like, to like we have to we we've dominated this level now it's like all right let's go to the next and so we would all push each other to keep going and i felt like i could do more because i was doing it for something bigger than just me mm. if that makes sense i was doing it for the team or i was doing it for my team plus my family right and that that bigger vision drove me to 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 get outside my comfort zone Whoa, dude intense 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 and Keyword freedom bomb. Thank you, Cody. Like on, uh, there's some people that are going to take some of that information and, and run with it and run with it and, and truly start to scale up. I know for sure I'll retain, I'm going to retain that. Um, a couple, couple nuggets out of that, right? You locked yourself up with good people. Second nugget that I want to hit maybe before we go back to connecting with good people was that every, like, I know you probably felt this. Actually, I'm going to assume that you felt this when you were first starting to get in the business of real estate investing altogether, right? It was this feeling of fear, uncertainty, getting laughed at, getting whatever. I'm not good enough. I'm not big enough. But please, listeners, listen to what he just said. At the 5 million mark, when I'm trying to get to 10, I felt I'm doing, I'm not doing it right. I, I'm not ready enough. This, I don't, like, like, he felt the uncertainty, the fear, pushed back through, pushed through that bear locked hands with other great people, moved up from that five to 10, 10 to 10 to 15. Guess what? Felt it again. So that same feeling that you might be feeling if you're either trying to do your first business, do your first real estate deal, where you're like, I don't know enough. I'm not sure enough. I, I don't write all those things. The people that you're watching and listening to, we still feel those things when we scale. Right? Like, like, so so I guess what I'm hitting home here, Cody, is like at times when we're like, I know for me, when I was getting the business, I would listen to somebody. I'd be like, that's awesome. But that is for That works for you because you're already successful, right? Like you're already up there. And so I would think, oh man, you know, you don't have the fears and the uncertainty that I have. Right. Yeah. We'll be further from the truth. And, you know, complacency is a dream killer. And a lot of people that get a little bit of success, they fall into this pocket and they go into this comfort zone where they're like, all right, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm good. And, and they stay there and they waste a lot of time. I, I think I also have an underlying driver of fear of regret. You know, if I was to take all my fears and, and create a list, fear of regret is at the top of that list. And um, I've always kind of had this thing in my mind, like, man, I felt like I was going to die young. And mm -hmm. so I have this underlying thing kind of driving me of like, I want to live life to the fullest. I want to be everything I can be and play full out and just lay it all out on the field. Uh, because I always have this feeling of either I'm going to be old looking back and be filled with massive regret or, and waste the time, or I'm going to run out of time and it's going to be sad. You know, I'm going to feel that, that sadness. So Dude, I don't know. I don't know. 
Right. Some cool. people could probably relate to that. Yeah, that is insane. You know what? I've, I've, I don't know if I've ever had a conversation with anybody say that same thing that I feel that, Cody. Like, I feel like, dude, there's, this could end at any given time. So if I have a vision, I'm just going to go for that vision. And so you just said that. Like, so w- I think one way that we could wrap that up for listeners is um, live with a little bit of like, what, what would you call that? urgency fire under your ass right yeah like like like, oh you want to do something let's let's do it because you don't know when this is gonna when this game's gonna stop i say might be why i'm an adrenaline junkie i don't know (laughs) (laughs) well i wish you nothing but amazing adrenaline successes awesome dude dude this has been awesome man um so dude i already asked you if you think it can be creative but look um what are, like, you've done a lot of things, and this question is going to be really for our seasoned entrepreneurs. What are a few things, Cody, that you've done that you feel like have, you know, given you more time back? Because you're, you're in the middle of grinding, you're hustling, you're building these companies, you're doing big things. But of course, you have a family, you have two kids, and, and you also want to enjoy and live life. What, what is, like, one or two things that you've done that have helped you, like, keep momentum, keep success, keep progression, yet at the same time, be able to have that flexibility to go do something and spend time with family, you know? Okay. Um, sure. I'll give you actually probably two solid good things. Um, and I learned one of them from my, uh, the person that actually helped me grow Clever Investor, my partner, Matt Lights, who is just a phenomenal human being and just one of the one of the best partners I could possibly ever ask for because, uh, and that's one of the nuggets is um, I found people that compliment me very well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of partnerships fail because you find somebody that's too similar mm-hmm. and it's like two guys or gals or people that are really good at sales, trying to form a business and go do sales. Well, the problem with sales is if you're good at sales. You're causing a pretty big wake behind you of operational things that need to get fulfilled Mm-hmm. from you being so good at sales. And if you don't have that operations person as your counterpart and you just have a bunch of people that are good at sales, you're going to have uh, a bad customer experience. You're going to have a lot of technical issues, maybe merchant account issues, accounting issues, because things are just moving so fast and everybody's just like sell, 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 if that right. makes sense. But so you- I found partners that complimented me. And one of the first things that Matt taught me was this concept of um, roles goals and tasks Hmm. calls it rgt Hmm. so we here at clever investor and all my companies really just dumb things down onto a spreadsheet or you can use like you know um, organizational uh, project management softwares and stuff but it just as simple as like everybody needs to know what their role is Mm -hmm. and if people don't have clarity on what their role is that's when people float that's when uncertainty happens that's when people feel like you know, they're doing too much or they're not doing enough or they're, you know, whatever the, the challenges are. And when you're, when you're managing a team, it's very important that they have clarity. Mm-hmm. So the roles and taking time as a owner of a business or the leadership team within an organization to get clarity on roles, it sucks. It's boring. It's, it doesn't really move the needle for you in its front end, but it will move the needle for you behind the scenes if people have clarity. Mm-hmm. So roles. And then goals are like, a lot of people fail at goal setting because they don't set time limits to their goals. Hmm. And so a goal doesn't become a a goal until there's a time limit set on it. And so you have to have a specific project with a specific time limit and ownership of that project. Somebody, there has to be a single point of ownership. It can't be ownership by a committee. It needs to be a person owns this goal. This Hmm. goal has a definite date. And then from there, you can work backwards on all the tasks associated with achieving that goal and who they get assigned to. So that simple role goals, tasks form, format has served us really well. All right. Um, the other thing I did, and this is more on a personal level, and this is one of your nuggets, <laughs> is as an entrepreneur, I feel like there is no such thing as balance. And a lot of people struggle with this because everybody wants this mythical thing called balance right and when you have a family and I have two kids Mm -hmm. balance is 
near impossible because people's emotional expectations change on a daily basis. On and daily basis, yeah. so it's like, how do I please everybody? And if you want to fail, what do they say? Try pleasing everybody. Yeah. You're not going to do it, right? So balance is a myth in business. And if you want to have balance, go get a corporate nine to five job and barbecue on the nights and weekends and coach little league and do all those things and live life and be happy doing that. But if you want to be an entrepreneur and take it to that next level, Mm -hmm. You got to throw balance out the window and instead you want to set expectations and get alignment. And so I sat down with my wife and I was like, okay, here's my dream. Here's my vision. This is my companies. This is where I want to go. How do I do this to where you're not calling me at three o'clock saying, can you, can you swing by the store and get milk? And it's like, no, I no. can't. <laughs> no, I can't. It's not, not the best use of my freaking time. Like if I was to have a thing like a bullseye, like the, $3 an hour activities and then the $10 an hour activities and the $500 and then the $1,000 and then the $20,000 hour activities. Milk is somewhere on the out there and it's not important. I'm not doing it. Somewhere on the $3 side. <laughs> right? And so it's like, one of the first things I did is I stepped back and I'm like, how do I give my wife who needs to be my priority? Right. How do I give her the relief if I'm supposed to be her partner and I'm not acting like a good partner? So one of the first things I did, and a lot of entrepreneurs do this for themselves, I did it for my wife. I hired my wife a personal assistant. Mm, wow. And I sat down with her and we listed out every single thing in our household, our personal lives, even some business stuff that I wanted her to take over ownership of. Whoa. We created roles, goals, tasks. Yeah. And we created a personal assistant for my wife. And that was a few years ago, maybe five years ago. And it's relieved a massive amount of stress and pressure from me. My wife now has somebody that handles all the $3 an hour activities. Dude, uh, you might've just changed my life right there, Cody. I think do, you do it, man. And I'm more than happy to even, I might even be able to dig up the list of my original list that I created when I was like, what are all things I can have this person do for me? Oh my God. Right? And so that was a power move because it gave me more flexibility. And the second part of that conversation, and this is gonna resonate with a lot of people with families, is I made a deal with my wife that if, if she has to contact me during the day, she needs to text me mm -hmm. if it's information mm -hmm. or if she's going to call, she texts first and says emergency. And that means stop everything I'm doing, get on the phone. Mm -hmm. So she understands me as an entrepreneur and somebody that battles ADHD. Mm -hmm. if, you know, we, the waste in the, the time waste, the energy waste, the money waste that happens every time you break your focus. And it's so hard to get back on focus as an entrepreneur. If I'm, if she's calling just to say, Hey, did you do this? Or can you do this later? Or what do you think of this shoe color? I'm like, Oh my God, I'm now 15 minutes in a bad direction. So <laughs> I made the deal with her. She's not going to mess with me while I'm at work. But when mm -hmm. I get home, mm -hmm. I park my business in the garage. Mm, okay. And I literally sit in my car for about three to five minutes and I zone out and I just decompress for a second. And when I walk into the house, it is all family, super dad, super husband, super present, not yeah. trying to be social media guy, not mm -hmm. trying to be the real estate investor. I'll mm -hmm. talk about it tomorrow. And I tell my business partners and my team members, same thing. Text me with anything that you need or send me an email or double text me that it's emergency and I'll stop what I'm doing. But other than that, I'm not answering your phone calls or your emails until tomorrow. Complete fire. And for all of our already successful entrepreneurs listening, that's legit um, life-changing. Dude, I'm a little concerned about how much my wife is going to like you after I hire an assistant. And I say it because it's a Cody game. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> it's a power move, dude. <laughs> She's gonna be like, they write you, I love you, thank you so much. <laughs> Genius idea. <laughs> dude, and what 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 I really need what man, what I grabbed out of that though right there, Cody, like, and that kind of hit me because that is definitely a problem that I have. Um as somebody that's like so obsessed with like, you know, growth. And I blend, I blend a lot of things. Like we travel a lot, but I'm always working at the same time. So I, I, I bring the phone for the social media. I, you know what I mean? I, I, I put the, I put, I put them together and at times there can create that disconnect where it's like, you're here, babe, but you're not here. You know what I mean? 
And so with what you just said, dude, if you can, you know, just committing to that like couple hours of just, dude, pull in the garage, finish up what you're doing, phone goes down and even maybe just lock that son of a bitch, that smartphone in the car, you know? Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, what, what I find is most wives of entrepreneurs are bought in. They're pretty cool. They get the program. They love the benefits of the success that happens when an entrepreneur is successful. They're normally supportive, but they can't be just a slave or super supportive always. They need that love and attention and just give them little doses of presence goes a super long way. And if you have your wife, at least for me, I've developed that radar knowing like, oh, I'm not doing my job because I get those little undertone like side things. And I'm like, okay, did she just yell at me without yelling at me? Like uh, something's off. I need to pay attention, right? So uh, that's the exact same thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the exact same thing. Oh my god, dude! I love it. I love it. I love it. So, um, man, this has been awesome, brother. I, again, dude, I appreciate you being here, man. This is great, dude. Great. Um, all right, man. Well, dude, you know, if I guess I got one more question for you. You mind spending just a few more minutes with us? Yeah, let's go. I'm having fun. Awesome, dude. Awesome, man. Awesome. So, um, in your business and, and as you're, as you've been growing, is there one specific like personality trait of yours, your personality trait that you would attribute to, um, like, I mean, just this total growth from where you were, you know, as a kid, you're selling candy bars, right. Or, or whatever. You just had that entrepreneurial spirit as you've sort of gotten bumped and bruised along the way. Cause I'm going to assume, uh, well, Maybe I should ask you. I'm going to assume that it wasn't just a straight shot. After you did that first deal, it was ups and downs, right? Um, well, actually, it was the reverse. Um, and yes, there was definitely ups and downs. And there was, you know, at, I, w- I was a wholesaler for many, many years before I ever got into rehabbing or mm-hmm. creative deal structuring or rentals or any of that. And so, you know, the life of a wholesaler, their first year is flood drought, flood drought, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. tough to get that consistency. Um, and so I was actually the reverse. I fought for nine months to try to get my first deal Hmm. and didn't get a deal for nine months. And I actually quit the business at the nine month mark and went and got a job as a bookkeeper. And I was a bookkeeper for about five or six months. And, um, while I was a bookkeeper, a friend of mine invited me to go to another real estate seminar, which I was super hesitant to go to because I've already spent like twenty or thirty thousand dollars at real estate seminars trying to learn the business. Because you got to go back fifteen plus years. That's how you learn. There was no YouTube, no Facebook, none of this stuff. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't want to go to another seminar. I'm just going to spend a bunch of money and I kind of given up on the real estate thing. And he's like, no, this is different. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I heard that before, but I went because I want to hang out with my friend. And he was right. It was totally different. Uh, Walked into a room, Jack Miller, this old time guru was up at the front telling massive war stories and creative deal structuring stories. And uh, everybody in the room was just, I could feel the energy. They were the real deal. And it was like, wow, this is so different than the, you know, TV gurus and all the other people I was buying courses from that were great stage speakers. This guy was like the, like a real, old time, you know, investor that had a million funny stories and never tried to sell you anything, just sat up at a podium and talked and told stories and taught. Yeah. And, uh, and it was there I met my first mentor, Lyle. And it was because of Lyle, I actually was able to get my first deal. So uh, by, like I told you before, if you want to unlock your next level, a lot of times it's a relationship or somebody else helping you learn that new set of principles. And Lyle did the one thing that you can't learn in books. And he pivoted, made me a priority, locked arms with me. And it was because he was great. I was able to blast through. Mm. I got that first deal and um, it was a big deal, man. It was $40,000. And at the time I was making like $36,000 as a bookkeeper. So if you really think about that in a, in this wholesale deal, came together fairly quickly. I got the lead. Next thing you know, I'm building a relationship with this guy and he's making dinner for me and we connected and I was able to put the whole deal together. And because there was a bankruptcy involved, they forced him to sell for a certain amount. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was able to flip it and make $40,000, which was more than I made as a bookkeeper for an entire year. And I did it all in like a three day period. Ooh. And so 
and as it was going on, I was calling loud. What do I do next? What do I do? I don't know what to do. What am I doing? How do I do this? Right? Like, how do I fill out this paperwork? And he just coached me through it. And, uh, after that, it was like a little flood drought, but it was getting more consistent. And the distance between deal zero and deal one was much longer than the distance between deal one and deal two. And then the distance shortened between two and three and shortened three and four. And it took me about another nine months to build enough relationships with people in my local market, the realtors, the lenders, uh, the hard money lenders, the closing agents, everybody that you, it's a people business. And so I would just, it felt like at the time I was wasting a lot of time, but the reality is I was just building relationships mm. that over time paid off. Mm. And, um, and, and that, that carried me for eight or nine years. And then finally I was like, you know what? I'm so good at this. And I've always had this passion for teaching. I was like, I think I want to start a education business. Cause I felt like, man, if people were just doing it the way I was teaching or doing, mm -hmm. they could, they didn't have to go through all those struggles. And that's how clever investor was born is just from a passion of what real estate's done for me and my family, mm -hmm. you know, millionaire by 28, multimillionaire by 30. I start this education company kind of as, as a side hustle, just to share my passion, boom, mm -hmm. takes off. Mm -hmm. And that was a whole new set of complex principles I had to learn because all of a sudden I'm not just a real estate investor. Right. I now have departments. I now have teams. I now have, you know, uh, uh, merchant right. processing and customer service and all these things that you don't have as a real estate investor. Right. Um, and at the time I was doing hundreds, if not thousands of deals a year. Wow. That's how, that's how I was buying, go, you know, mortgage, when the mortgage meltdown happened here in Arizona, I was down at the foreclosure auction buying up properties for 30 cents on the dollar. Mm -hmm. And I was buying four a day every day of the week for two years four straight. Four a day? Oh yeah. Like we were just going ham. I mean, it was, it was, it was a moment in time of complete insanity. It was like money raining from the sky and you were just like, you couldn't even know what to do. And none of us knew what we were really doing in the beginning, but it just, you felt it like it was this opportunity of a lifetime and, and a group of us took advantage of it. Yeah. And then I, then I went into education and that took off. And then that allowed, and then I started buying other businesses. Like I own a wine storage facility. I started putting my money into startups and tech companies and all this stuff. And then wow. I, then social media came out, you know, it started coming out real strong and I got good at LinkedIn. Then I leaned in on Facebook, dominated Facebook. Then I leaned in on um, Periscope and Instagram. When yeah. Periscope first came out and I started yeah. leaning in on Instagram. I got millions of followers on Instagram and uh, uh, now I'm focusing on YouTube. And you know, I, I feel like that's, you know, the free line and you're doing this and I applaud you for it. The free line in the world of education has moved. Mm -hmm. There's so much information being thrown out right now. Mm -hmm. What people are looking for, they got this radar and they're looking for people that they can latch onto that they trust right. because there's just too much and people are getting overwhelmed by a bombardment of videos and gurus and influencers. And so, uh, I think, I think what you're doing right here is awesome. Exposing people to, um, awesome people and just sharing stories, which gives them confidence to move forward. And, uh, YouTube for me is that 10 to 15 minutes I could share with somebody a couple times a week where mm -hmm. I can train and teach them and it doesn't cost anybody anything mm -hmm. and they can get bought into real estate. They can get bought into the technical side. And then if they want to go deeper, what I'm finding is people will naturally raise their hand and say, Hey, Spurbs, will you mentor me? Or, Hey, will you, you got any courses where you take all this information and systematize it? And, um, so there's YouTube. no better platform than YouTube in my I, opinion. Where, and so obviously where can people find you on YouTube? At Clever Investor. At Clever Investor. And we'll get to that in a minute, but dude, I don't want to forget this because I'm like you, I got ADHD. I think most of us entrepreneurs do, but, um, <laughs> um, dude, like we're, we're what you, what you're saying there, right? Is that your consistency um, is what kind of it, it seems to make you you're consistent. But what's interesting is as I was listening, you sort of changed the conversation. I was gonna, I guess, my question was going towards like what was this belief or this thing, this drive that kept you growing, growing, growing. But what's interesting is, dude, I'm like I'm totally surprised right now. Because really, you were you were meeting massive success. I had peaks and valleys, ups and downs. So, so for me, it was like I had to have this purpose that pushed me through those peaks and valleys in my real estate investing career. 
even though I actually just lost for the very first time ever on a flip just two months ago, worst loss I've ever mm. had in my career. <laughs> so last 70, over 70 grand. I've never done that in my life. <laughs> mm. Hurt. My, my biggest on a flip was like 48,000. Oh, loss. Yeah. loss. Yeah. Georgia Avenue. I'll never forget it. Yeah. 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 Mount Daytona Avenue. I'll never forget it. <laughs> All right. Um, have you only lost one or multiple? Uh, I, that was my biggest on a on a rehab. Um, right. I've lost like earnest deposits and like right. I right. I I closed on deals because of my reputation. I told somebody I'd buy the property and I tried to wholesale it and couldn't wholesale it, so I closed on it and then I wholesale it for five grand less than what I bought it for. Little right. things like that just to keep keep my reputation intact. But uh, no, I mean, but I I don't want you to think that I'm not. There wasn't, I gave you the short, sweet, like Cliff Notes version. Okay. I've had partnerships fall apart. People sue me. I've been in yeah. 25 different lawsuits. I've okay. had, you know, tons of different uh, partnerships fall apart where they steal money from you. Yeah. Just horrible things that toughen you up as an entrepreneur. Okay. I kind of blazed past that. Yeah, I'm glad you said because it, it was more, uh, that's what it seemed like for a little bit. The cliff note was kind of leaving me leave. So that's why I was saying, dude, how'd you have the humility to continue to have this like, because you're saying, you know, you're going up and up and up, but yet you're such a grounded dude that's still doing amazing things. It, awesome. It's like, my superpower and it's your superpower and it's everybody listening superpower that's a freaking underdog. Yeah. I am, I'd grown up with my back against the wall. I have no other place to go but up, you know? And so it's like, for me, it's like, I don't, if I, if you look at the entire universe of real estate or the entire universe of being an entrepreneur, it's too overwhelming. There's too many moving pieces. Cool. It's, it's heavy. Nobody can do it. But right. it's like the, the concept of Kaizen. Mm -hmm. You ever heard of Kaizen? No, no, no. no. Yeah, so um, Kaizen is what happened after World War II when we, you know, we decimated entire cities. Mm -hmm. And imagine standing there looking over the landscape and every building is in rubble and it's like overwhelming. It's like, how do we rebuild? Where do we start? Mm -hmm. And there was actually an American that went over there and taught the Japanese about this concept of Kaizen where it was like, hey, look, instead of looking at this in its entirety, this big overwhelming thing, let's just go over there and clear out a little, little space and build one house. And then clear the space next to it and build another house and clear the space next to it and build another house. Before you know it, you end up with the street, with the neighborhood, with the city. Right. And the way you eat a real estate elephant is one bite at a time, one step at a time. You can't run a thousand mile race unless you take a step. And so for me, I always looked at it and I was like, okay, how do I create the daily habit of stacking little wins and celebrating along the way? Mm. It's not big wins that get you. It's everybody gets this screwed up because a lot of people don't really want to do real estate. Mm. They just want to get rich. And yeah. so when it doesn't, when the rich doesn't happen fast enough, they're out, right? They're like, right. screw this. Yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah. Planes yeah. don't fly. Marketing doesn't work. Bandit signs suck. Direct mail is horrible. <laughs> like, right. They're, they're, they're just pointing the finger the because they really don't want to do real estate. Yeah. They want to, they want to get rich. Well, me, I wanted to do real estate. I loved houses. I loved real estate. I love the business of real estate. I love the money in real estate. And so for me, it was just like, okay, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be challenging personalities and psychology and on money problems and all this stuff. But I'm just going to stack little wins. And every time I do it, I'm just going to celebrate along the way. And I'm going to develop this muscle, this habit mm -hmm. of just focusing on not the big picture, not the closing table, just all the little pieces that I have to do repetitively over long periods of time to get me there. And that's yeah. what you have to, that's how you have to approach this business, Kaizen. Right, Kaizen, because otherwise it's too overwhelming, too many self-limiting beliefs, too many obstacles, too too difficult. Holy crap, dude, that's the first time I've ever heard put, and I, I've never really had this, I don't know if this has ever came up in conversation in my life with anybody, so this is amazing, but um, I'm going to make an assumption, I would love for you to tell me, dude, from when I listened to that, it almost sounds like you have a level of gratitude or appreciation for multiple little things, so you said you celebrate little wins, right? And, and so for me, like, I know this might get a little weird or esoteric, but like, sometimes like I'll look up and like, for me, I'm a, I'm an environment guy. So I'll just get up and just, just like the sun shining over the ocean. That little thing is like, I take that as like a little win and I get motivated. So for some people, it's a dope watch and they hate people or, or the dope car or the, whatever it is. And I'm not, everything's cool. You know what I mean? Like whatever it is for you. 
but do you, it seems like you're able to grab these little things and be like, you look at it and you feel it. And that little, is that a little win for you that keeps you going? I, yeah. I mean, I think that's cool that you find what works for you and you, a little win for you is looking out, uh, you know, at the sunrise and going, man, it's a perfect day. Win. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For, for, for me, it could be like like today. How do I say this? You, you, your body, your brain, your environment doesn't want you to win. Mm. Rich people don't want you to win. The mm. world's not designed to allow people to win. Ooh. It's just the way the world is set up. And so it's like for me, I just wake up every single day with massive intention that I'm going to stack little wins. Mm. And like today, I've been working out every single day of the week. Today I woke up. I couldn't sleep. I had a horrible night's sleep last night. I was like groggy and I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym today. Mm. And instantly that habit that I've developed over time kicks in. I jump up out of bed. I take a big breath and I take a step towards getting my butt in the kitchen to drink some water and get ready to go to the gym. That right there, little win. And mm. as I'm walking, I'm like, you did it. Little win. Good job, Sperber. Like way to get in motion. Yeah. Because motion is a lot of times like depression and anxiety and all this stuff, it can eat us alive if we mm. sit in that, that little unresourceful environment where we're not battling back and trying to like override, you know, this is kind of a Tony Robbins moment, but like <laughs> you gotta get in motion, right? You gotta get that power move and be like, okay, I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna start moving, I'm gonna celebrate. And uh, I just attack the day and just, okay, what's another little win? Just, just this motion of drinking my protein shake, little win, just mm. going over and putting my shoes on, little win. Yeah. Get in my car, turn on some good jams, little win. And so yeah. it doesn't have to be big. Yeah, yeah. It just has to be in the right direction. And uh, I, if you develop that habit as somebody that overrides the negative with the little win, it's inevitable. You're going to win. Going to win. Dude, that's amazing. Like, look, look, look. I just one more guys listen to this listen to this do you hear what he says <laughs> like Cody you just exposed you're like at one moment through that through that um, conversation you said look there's when you feel the unwilling that you, you don't want to you feel the anxiety or the overwhelm or depression and I've never struggled really with like depression or anything but I understand like meaning like getting up in bed you're like god damn what am I gonna do today my, my point is you have to understand because this is a passion of mine Cody helping people realize that people like you and I, when they look at us on the platforms, they look at us on the stage, they look at us, well, you're on a lot more stages than I am, that's for damn sure. But you know, they look at us, you know, on, on the screen or whatever, and they, it's hard for them to associate exactly that we are speaking to you. You right now, the mm -hmm. person that's listening, your name, we are talking to you. It's right. It's, it, this, is, this is for you. And so yeah. we all go through it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's a powerful statement. Justin, I hope you understand what how powerful that was. You know, um, a friend of mine passed away, Dr. Sean Stevenson, recently. He was known as Three Foot Giant. Mm. And I was talking to him one day, and I said something along the lines of, you know, it's crazy. My, 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 we were talking about Instagram, and I said, my reach, my social reach has shrunk. I don't know if Instagram did something with their algorithm or whatever, but it, it shrunk back down. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like, almost like, complaining about it without realizing I was complaining about it. And he cut me off and said, Cody, you're, you're thinking about this all wrong. It's not, it's not the 500 likes or the thousand likes that you didn't get. It's the 500 likes that you did get. It's those mm -hmm. people that you, you're, you're looking at the opposite side of the coin. And he flipped me back to like, look, yeah, you didn't get 20,000 likes like you normally do or 50,000 likes like you normally do, but you got a solid thousand of people that needed to hear that message. And I was like, Oh, he's so powerfully right gotta get you gotta get that mindset shifted that perspective so you start attacking your marketing like that it's like okay so i only got four leads but it's four leads from people that really need to know who i am and right. we need to work together and they deserve and i deserve to show up and work out a deal with them yeah yeah dude love perspective it. love it so i will say this guys the biggest takeaway from from our conversation today has um well there's been absolutely i would say i'm gonna go on the limb here cody and say there's probably more freedom freedom nuggets dropped on this call than any other free, <laughs> previous call so <laughs> um, this, is, this has been stacked it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a long rolodex um but um i think one of the biggest things for me that i keep taking away and there's been a lot but is 
the consistency that he keeps saying, locking hands with good people, partnerships, mm -hmm. partnerships, partnerships. They help you get to where you want to be. Like, it's so crazy that so many of us entrepreneurs want to put this hat on. And then we think that we need to do it all our own. We need to be the marketer, the, the lead guy, the sales guy. And we need to be, and also, and also there's a little bit, possibly a little bit of greed in there as well. Like, and when I do want to do my first deal or when I do do my 10 deal, that $32,000 check should be my $32,000 and nobody else's. If you listen to what Cody and I are saying, and Cody's been saying this, like this whole, this whole conversation, this entire show is that he doesn't, everything he does is with other people, which all this means that other people will have their hands in the pie, which for some people that hurts to hear, which is the very reason why you might be having difficulties. So he's just exposed so many truths and um, success leaves clues, right? So, I mean, guys, partnering with people, that's, that's been one of the biggest things, right? Boom. I mean, I, you, you, you got into, especially if you're in real estate, you know, yeah. Yeah. you know, you can be, you, 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 you can't go too far in this business being completely, you know, siloed or, or alone in my opinion. And why would you want to my business right now? I got one of the larger wholesaling operations in the country. We're working in six different markets wow. dominating in Arizona um, you know, I got tw 13 rehabs going on right now. Everything from a th three or $400,000 house all the way up to a $3 million spec build mm. in Scottsdale, Arizona. You're building a spec. brand new house. You're um, a $3 million spec right now. Yeah, yeah. We bought the house for six uh, twenty-five. Um, tore the house down, and now we're building a 5,400 square foot, you know, beautiful, brand new $2.3 million house. Um, Beautiful. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm doing all that. And I, I like I said, um, I, I would not be doing it at this level if it wasn't for my two partners in my real estate business. You know, I'm partnered with my two best friends that I've known for 16 years. Oh, wow. And they came to me a few years ago. My friend, uh, Bryant, who sold his t-shirt screen printing business was like, hey, I want to get into real estate. I was like, cool, go get your real estate license and go through my training. My other buddy came to me, he owns two Buffalo Wild Wings in town. And he's like, I want to get into real estate. And we were all three best friends forever. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, three of us start, start a company together. We called it Green Elephant Development. And we started a development company and we started a wholesaling operation. And that was two years ago. And since then we ramped up to six figures a month wholesaling and consistently doing over six figures a month wholesaling. And we got all these rehabs and specs going on. And I float into work every single day, just grateful that I get to be with my two best friends my dad, on the clever side, my dad is my CFO. No way. How cool. Yep. So every single day I get to hang out with my dad and he was in retirement, right? You know, sitting on a lazy boy. I'm like, I need help. Come, come work with me. Yeah. And I feel blessed because every day I get to work with my best friends and my family and I would never be able to do it if I was still a bookkeeper. And I'll end on that note because if you're sitting there listening to this right now and you're not feeling fulfilled and you don't have that obsessed energy and enthusiasm of your future and you want to unlock your next level of life you got to take massive action now mm. don't waste any more time doing things in life that don't serve you and serve the people around you i would never be able to give the millions of dollars of charity that i'm able to give or donate as much time as i'm able to give or spend as much time and giving my family all the amazing things that we have. If it wasn't for real estate, if it wasn't for sticking in this business, I could have quit at that nine month mark and been a bookkeeper and not been here and not talking to you. But because of that powerful move, getting back in the game and sticking at it, I'm here and you could do it. Just trust me, if an ADHD kid that had you know no money and no nobody was lifting me up on their shoulder saying you're valedictorian or you're going places in life, I dropped out of college in four hours. Went for four hours, dropped out. Yeah, so I mean, it's like, I suck at school, you know? But that, that just goes to show you that you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Dude, you're a massive inspiration, man, to everybody listening. Inspiration to a lot of us in the space as well. Um, dude, this, the things that you've done uh, has been amazing. And dude, I just want to, you don't need the encouragement, but dude, I just wish you to keep going, keep, keep killing it. Um, it's awesome to watch. And dude, I'm grateful to have you on the show. Look forward to continuing to build a relationship. Maybe at some point we can do some things together, man. And um, 
Dude, thanks for being here. How can everybody um, get in contact with you? Like I said, my YouTube channel is where I'm putting a lot of energy. I'm at Clever Investor on all social channels. And I'm most known for Instagram, at Clever Investor, but I'd love to earn your subscribership over on my YouTube channel, at Clever Investor on YouTube, putting out a couple videos that are pretty powerful every single week around 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And the coolest new thing I have coming up, and I'll keep this short and sweet, yeah. is I got an opportunity to start a brand new business okay. with two of my really other good friends. Uh -huh. um, Joel Marion, he is the founder of Biotrust. They are massive in the health and fitness space. Um, he did about $780 million in nutrition and- uh, well, That's just a couple little bucks, huh? Yeah, and he's got 22, he's one of the best email marketers in the world. He's got 22 million subscribers in his email database. Me and what? him partnered up with another one of my friends, Dan Fleischman, who's the most connected man in Hollywood, in my opinion. Uh, good friend of mine, Dan, is an absolute beast. He runs um, Elevator Studios, which is one of the larger influencer marketing agencies, do about $90 million a year in influencer marketing. And we came together and we started a brand new company called the 100 Million Mastermind Experience. We're going to change the industry for entrepreneurships mm. uh, or uh, change the learning in uh, the education industry for entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and entrepreneurships. And uh, uh, the hundred mil Academy is taught by 22 nine figure business owners. Imagine making a choice. You can go to college and learn how to do business, or you can come to the hundred mil Academy and get taught by people that either made a hundred million dollars spend a hundred million dollars on marketing or have a hundred million impressions per year, meaning they went viral. They're the biggest and the best of the best. Mm. And all of our instructors uh, uh, are have courses. It's like the masterclass, but for entrepreneurs mm. taught by real entrepreneurs doing real big things from Neil Patel to Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street to Marcus Limonis, who's the prophet, uh, you know, just 22 insane badasses all for $100 a month. $100 gets you live training classes every single day of the week and a whole arsenal of courses inside the members area. You get a metal membership card. It's very exclusive. It's luxury. It's exclusive. It's the best training ever produced for entrepreneurs. And it's for one price, no discounts, no upsells, none of that BS. It's just hundred bucks and you're, you're part of the academy mm -hmm. and it launches here in a couple weeks. So if you're watching this much later on, from launch date, go check us out because I'm telling you, it's going to be a game changer for this I'm industry. I'm in. I know I'm in. Uh, wh where can we go to Where can we go to sign up? It's going to be at 100-100-100-million-academy.com. Uh, mm. Dude, is this the million the, the mastermind where you guys um, rented out Dan Brazilian's house that I saw on social media? Yeah, so that's the highest level. So we yeah, started the mastermind. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so that's not that's, that's sold out. Yeah. That's not available, okay. right? There, we started a mastermind mm -hmm. called the 100 Million Mastermind Experience, mm -hmm. and it was $100,000 a spot. We sold it out in three weeks. <laughs> 100 people paid 100 grand, me included, to be part of this mastermind experience where 100 people we meet, I'm talking about the biggest names in the game, like... Prince EA is one of our members. Like it's just like crazy viral badass entrepreneurs. And um, Joel and Dan came up with this idea. We sold out all the spots. It's closed. You can't get in. It's not for sale. There's a 50, 60 people trying to throw money at us right now. We're like, no, sorry, not available. But downline from that is right. the Academy. And the Academy is for the masses. The Academy is because we believe that entrepreneur education is lame we're going to fix the lameness. We're going to get everybody on the right track. And you're going to be taught by real market makers, game changers, and the best of the best. I'm sick and tired of seeing all these wannabe gurus out there that, you know, have a tiny amount of success and they're taking advantage of people online. Screw that. We're going to do it different. It's not about any one guru. The academy is taught by an arsenal of badass instructors. And like I said, it's a hundred bucks. So like, it's nothing. Yeah. Imagine like over 30 verticals from copywriting to email marketing, to real estate investing, stock investing, funnel building, you know, funnel architecture, raising money, taking businesses public, like you name it, it's in there. And it's unbelievable. Yeah. 
It's unbelievable. That's the best word to describe it. And we're going to infinitize people's lives. Yes, I said the word infinitize. I might have made that up right now. All I like it, is, though, dude. <laughs> all that like, means, I make up words all the time. <laughs> all that means is whoever gets involved is going to get a massive ROI on your investment into the academy. I can guarantee that. It's a no-brainer, y'all. If you don't jump in there, something wrong. <laughs> I think I just did an infomercial. <laughs> I think I just cut a commercial or something. Let's go. There we go. We got a commercial right now. Dude, again, man, dude, I appreciate you so much, brother. This has been amazing. Um, highest freedom nugget count, I'll bet, the whole, the whole time. <laughs> dude, thank you so much. Again, honored to have you here. Um, this, is, uh, this has been great, dude, and I look forward to continue uh, to uh, continue to network with you. Boom. Thank you for having me on. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate you guys. You man. Thank you, brother.